What's going on, everybody? D here, and you are listening to STL by Design, brought to you by AIGA St. Louis. If you're joining us for the first time, we are your co-hosts, and our intent with the show is to highlight any efforts in St. Louis at the intersection of creativity and positive impact. That's right. And since we're unable to do our interviews in person, obviously for the last year and some change, uh, we've got a new approach that we want to try out to streamline accessibility for you all uh, on Instagram TV. So if you want to hear the full episode, tap on this fancy icon in the corner while the music by an artist named Critical, might I add, plays. This week, we'll be talking with Aaron Williams and Julia Allen, who are co-founders of For the Ville, a community-based tourism and arts organization created by multi-generational Ville residents and volunteers whose goal is to restore pride in the legacy of the Ville, a historic African-American community in the heart of St. Louis, Missouri. What's going on, y'all? Hi, everybody. How's it going, everyone? This is Aaron Williams. And this is Julia Allen. So uh, can you can you all tell us how For the Ville got started and what the inspiration for that was? Uh, okay. Uh, for the Ville got started um, uh, quite by accident. It was actually the result of me being invited to participate in the regional arts community arts training program me and thomasina clark uh, another resident of the ville and uh who's also on our board of directors she's our treasurer and so we were invited to to this this art program where i actually have no artistic talent whatsoever but what i learned was that you can use art for community development in community development work. And so that's pretty much how we got started. And since we lost our third partner, uh, Aaron came along and he was our third partner in creating for the Ville. And that was in 2016. Uh, and that's how we pretty much got started. Yeah, so if I'll add to that from my perspective, uh, I was just moving back from overseas, uh, and um, prior to moving overseas, uh, I was always involved in the Ville in some kind of way, uh, through undergrad and even after I graduated. I always found a way to be involved. Uh, so in moving back, I knew I wanted to uh, kind of reroute myself in the neighborhood, so I started going to neighborhood association meetings and found my way to uh, the board of directors for the Neighborhoods Community Development Corporation. And the president of that organization, Northside Community Housing at the time, told me that I needed to meet Julia Allen and Thomasina Clark uh, because they were going through the Regional Arts Commission Community Arts Training Program and that my ideas would marry well with theirs uh, in terms of how to regenerate the neighborhood and restore pride in the legacy of the Ville. So they were coming out of the CAT program with this idea of putting up billboards throughout the neighborhood. Uh, and I was coming, I guess, fresh to the neighborhood with this idea of using kind of like art, arts and tourism to re-educate people about the legacy of the Ville and restore pride in it. Uh, so we we just married our ideas uh, 
to start out with a billboard design competition where we put a public RFP out uh, for artists to submit their artwork and the community to select which which design they wanted to put up on billboards throughout the neighborhood. Uh, we completed that project in 2017, and there are billboards up on Newstead and St. Louis Avenue. And uh, after doing that, we started giving tours of the neighborhood. The tour, the tours proved to be quite successful. Uh, so we made the decision to uh, further operationalize them, like start looking for partnerships or contracts with different organizations and groups. Uh, that we can provide the tour services to. And then that's when we kind of firmed up our identity as a community-based tourism organization. The entire inspiration for for the bill is really more of a frustration. Um, it's a frustration that we share of people not knowing the value of the neighborhood, uh, especially uh, city and regional governments. Uh, it's, it's a neighborhood that often is overlooked or divested and, and um, to be quite frank, we were just sick of it. Me, uh, sick of it as a as an outsider coming from a historic black neighborhood in another city, and them as lifetime residents who have kind of watched the neighborhood fall from what it used to be. So we, in sharing that passion, we built this organization. How did you invigorate the neighborhood and get them excited about what you wanted to do with and for them? Some of the things that we did, we went to different meetings, uh, talked about our tours and everything. A lot of it basically has been word of mouth about our tours. Uh, and it's so funny because every time we do a tour, it's somebody in the neighborhood to stop us and ask us what we're doing. Uh, I was out taking pictures, in fact, yesterday of different uh institutions that are now closed in the bill and I was stopped and the person asked me what I was doing and they but they had heard of the tours and they said you know can I can I go on a tour you know it's just kind of like word of mouth to kind of get the people excited the other thing I think is that we do like I said we attend a lot of these community meetings we talk about the organization uh, we post anything that we're going to do usually on next door uh, so a lot of it, I would just say, is word of mouth and going to a lot of the different community community meetings. Plus, we 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 we've, we've had outside organizations that we've worked with who've also kind of helped get the word out about for the Ville. Yeah, I would add to that that uh, most of our invigorating work uh, is yet to be seen. Um, because because it's a grassroots organization, we didn't start out with any political capital that will you know give us access to resources or funding and kind of fast track our ideas. So for for the past three years, it's been more of us trying to build our political stock so that more people pay attention to us. Uh, and that means like speaking up when the history is threatened. Uh, that that means. <laughs> <laughs> that means very uh being very proactive about uh, uh educating people about the legacy of that community um uh, and that means trying new things that people aren't used to seeing like in our events like we've held storytelling yeah. events 
Yeah. Uh, we did podcast episodes with uh, uh, St. Louis Public Radio. We live here. Uh, we, right. we we helped with the documentary about color uh, about Homer G. Phillips called "The Color of Medicine." Yeah. Uh, so we've just really made bold decisions to to make our name more of a household name in in the region. Yeah. Uh, but you know, can uh, I add to that, Aaron? Yeah. Okay. The thing I'd like to add is that we we're kind of. Uh, aware of, of a lot of different things that are going on in the community that does affect the bill. One of the things that I that I'm I'm passionate about is the renaming of Homer G. Phillips Hospital in Paul McKee's development down on Jefferson near Cast. You know, to me that that's that's a form of misrepresentation because the Homer G. Phillips Hospital is still standing in the bill. And to me, what that meant was that he's stealing the legacy out of our neighborhood, which I think happens a lot in neighborhoods like the Ville, is that their legacy is is taken away and displaced. Another thing that uh, we that we did as an organization was that was that I wrote a letter about uh, the re- the naming of this hospital that Paul McKee is building, and I sent that letter to my to my federal representatives, my state representatives, and the local representatives, and to the newspapers. And and so, you know, the other thing that uh we're also that we've also done uh is with the closing of Sumner High School. Uh we've we've kind of rallied really Aaron has done a lot of the rallying, but one of when the the day the week of the uh the week that Dr. Adams was going to um, make his decision about the about the closing of, of the schools in Sumner was one of the schools, although we lost the school, Farragut, but we still main, uh, maintain two schools in our neighborhood. One of the things that I did was I got all the names of the people on the Board of Education, their telephone numbers, and their email addresses. And I and I posted all of that on um, next door and asked people, you know, to be on that, uh, be uh, you know, be at that board meeting via Zoom, and you know, let 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 those people email those those board people and call their offices and let them know that you weren't happy with the decisions they were making about closing schools in our neighborhoods because a lot of the schools in north of north of Delmar are being closed down. And, you know, we do do we do things like like that also when there's a, a issue in the community. Not that it's affecting just our community, but it's really having an overall effect on on most black communities in the city of St. Louis. Yeah, um I think that I guess to speak back directly to the question, uh the community so one, I think the work that we've been doing over the past three years has been building this pride within the community where people are are more excited to be involved in meetings and come out and see what's going on because they're finally getting the attention that they should have always been given. Um, So they feel more power to 
speak to their elected representatives and state what they want. Cause it's like, Oh, you know who we are again. Yeah. Because you saw, you know, you saw the villain in an article, uh, or you saw us in the news. Now you know who we are. So when we speak, we feel like it comes with a little bit of power. So there's definitely this empowerment that's coming through pride, uh, that's happening in the community. Uh, but, but beyond that, you know, there are things that we are currently still trying to get off the ground, like, uh, like the starting of a capital campaign for a cultural trail in the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, we're still working on building up our political capital for that. Uh, and also just, just further establishing our organization. We still don't have a staff person, uh, but we're trying to get there. And that's, that also is coming through this slow process of building up enough social capital for someone to say, Oh, they are worthy of being funded. Oh, we understand what they are doing now. When we first started, we couldn't really say that was true. You're just like, who are y'all? Y'all doing what? You know, oh, y'all just give tours? Like, and, you know, we had people who under, in seeing that we give tours, they'd be like, well, can you share the script with us so we can do the tour with our, right. you know, not not seeing the value in what we're doing. They just think right. it's something that could be kind of like open sourced. And it's like, yeah. no, actually, you know, this is, we have created this narrative and it is, it is, uh, unique in that these are stories being told by lifetime members of the community that you, you're not going to go find these stories in a history book. Yeah. So yeah. it's not about just taking this script or, or going online and looking up the bill on Wikipedia and then going to visit right. all the sites. Like it's, it's deeper than that. You got to yeah. understand the story. Yeah. So that's the it, brand that comes with our organization that, that uh, is building that respect and that excitement. Within yeah, and, and outside of the community. Yeah, and it's an, another thing. Uh, I remember one time we were getting ready to do a tour for a group of people, and this one guy said, Oh, this is just another poverty tour. And I said, This is not a poverty tour, this is a historic tour. I said, You will learn something about the institutions, the people, and and the contributions that they've made, not just to the St. Louis region, but to the nation, to the nation, because a lot of interesting court cases regarding segregation have come out of, of, of people who worked and lived in the Ville. And a lot of people really aren't aware of that. So, you know, it's like Aaron said, it's educating. It's educating not just our community, but the community at large, because this is an important piece of history, the history of St. Louis, if nothing else. And, you know, you, you have to be vigilant about these tours and, and you have to preserve this information because if the community and we don't do it, who's going to pick up, pick up pick up the pieces and try and do it? Well, I'm glad she mentioned that too about the poverty tour thing. Uh, we we have had people come to us uh, with that perspective, thinking that we were gonna go, we were going to share the misfortune of the right. neighborhood, and we we had to uh, course correct them. That's right. Uh, one thing that we are very adamant about is that we don't tell the sad story of the Ville. There's there plenty that. of people that do that already. We're trying to uh, both own or reclaim the narrative 
and flip the narrative to remind people that this is a great place. And I'm not even talking about just because of history. Currently, today, I have yet to find a a neighborhood in the city of St. Louis that is as organized as the Ville. And this is just my personal opinion. But you have legacy institutions over there that have always and continue to work with each other. Yes. For each other and for the community, even though they might do it at a smaller and more scrappy scale because they don't have the money. Right. And the means they still support each other more than uh, I can say a lot of other neighborhoods do. And people just don't know it because of the narrative that the media puts out about the Ville. You won't right. you won't learn that until you come into the community and start meeting the stakeholders that are there. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 absolutely correct, you know, because a lot of people if you think about the Ville, people first thing they think about is crime. But when I think about the bill, I think about resources. There are a lot of resources that people don't even talk about or know about. And we're just talking we're talking about social service resources, but a lot of this these resources have always been in the Ville to support the community, support the people in the community. A lot of the churches have, have been instrumental in a lot of these things, but it's always been a matter of everybody in the community working together for the better of betterment of the community. It's not a single-minded effort. Right. It, it, it's about uplifting everybody. You know, mm-hmm. nobody's in it just for their own sake. We're in it for the long run. We're in it for everybody. Because if if you if you uplift the bill, then you're going to give hope to a lot of other people who live in communities that look that look like ours. And one of the worst things that 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 I think that really happened with 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 the Ville was the 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 city of St. Louis when they were doing their planning with the Team 4 plan. And if you do not know what the Team 4 plan is, you need to google it, read it. It will also help you understand about hidden racism hidden policy, hidden racial policies that that do nothing to help uh, people in communities like ours. So, you know, it's about knowing your history, knowing the policies and the, that affect your, your community. And you have to be very vigilant about that because if you don't know what these policies are, just like with the Team 4 policy, which really literally destroyed North St. Louis, you don't know what's going on. You see it, but you can't put a finger on it as to why this is happening. I, I want to piggyback off another thing that Julia said, because it is something that we we definitely stretch. It's a tool that we use to stretch far beyond the veil and in, in the, uh, uh, the impact that we have. So... I uh, I also think that a lo- most things should come from a place of understanding history first. Yes. So we, for the Ville was created not only to to tell the story of and recenter the Ville in the Black experience of St. Louis, but it was also created to tell the Black experience of the entire St. Louis region. There are so many 
other communities, black communities in St. Louis that have been forgotten and are being forgotten today. So like we have a tour called the story of black St. Louis, which is a citywide bus tour where we, we, we expand that story far beyond just the Ville. Like we're going to JVL, we're going downtown. We've gone into Kenlock with it Uh, because this is, we, we are, we are trying to, we are trying to build a system that can work for all of black St. Louis, or as some people would say, all of North St. Louis. Uh, and the more we can operationalize what we do, the better it can be for everybody North of Del Mar. Right. Uh, yeah. So we try to root everything in that history. Uh, like, like Julia said, our, our response to the Homer G. Phillips name and our response to St. Louis public, the, the tours that we give, the events that we give, we always root it in history and we try to connect it to other organizations, programs, events, and people outside of the Ville. 